Drive time on 91.3. Always on the cutting edge. Was it the Cape Drive time? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, Asr is come and gone, and uh, the show goes on. 0829-913-913. That's the WhatsApp line. That's where you can get us uh, during the show. Query, comment, and or criticize. Indeed, uh, very interesting weather outside right now. Corruption Watch recorded the second highest number of reports of corruption received in a calendar year since its inception. This was contained in its 2020 annual report entitled From Crisis to Action. We now chat to Sabiha Motala, Campaigns Coordinator at Corruption Watch. Sabiha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Right, I mean, it certainly is a very interesting report, and I think what is fairly gobsmacking but i think it's it's quite revealing as you're going to explain to us corruption watch got an average of 11 whistleblower reports a day during 2020 that is a lot i mean it takes a lot to be a whistleblower but 11 a day that is epic no i definitely agree with you especially since because of lockdown we had to move a lot of our activities from face to face to online Excuse me. And um, the fruitfulness of our WhatsApp line was clearly demonstrated last year. Um, But as you say, it does take a lot to be a whistleblower. And of course, our whistleblowers are a key stakeholder. Um, And we continue to ask people to to come forward and report corruption because without knowing where it's happening and and without having that information, it's almost impossible to understand the the amount of corruption that goes on, but also how how to address it. I mean, the, the numbers, crunching the numbers are, are quite uh, interesting. Um, 17% were reports of maladministration. 16% procurement corruption. How much of that 16% flowed into the whole PPE scandals that we're currently dealing with? Um, so that was one of the unique points uh, of the kind of reports that we received last year was that, in fact, COVID-19 uh, related reports numbered 418, and among those were indeed uh, reports to do with procurement of um, PPE, but also uh, food parcels. Um, so that was a, a novel type of corruption that we were seeing in relation to COVID-19, and it's ex- extremely unfortunate that a crisis actually opened up new avenues for corruption. No, it certainly did, and. I think what was significant about it was it how angry it made South Africans. I'm sure you must have picked that. Obviously, you don't measure emotions, but I'm sure Corruption Watch must have picked up the amount of anger that South African citizens were expressing. It was almost like um, a watershed event for South Africans' toleration of corruption. I think it kind of came to an end during uh, covid yeah, um, I think when people are faced with a crisis and knowing that there are others out there who would take advantage of particular vulnerabilities, um, it, it's definitely extremely shocking. What's interesting, though, is that this wasn't just uh, isolated to South Africa. Um, Transparency International's International Anti-Corruption Day theme was actually centered on um, COVID-19-related corruption. So it's something that actually occurred across the world. And it, it's another risk that we're facing in terms of rollout of vaccinations. 
Um, there was recently a report of doctors allowing their family members to get vaccinated without following proper procedure. So it's already starting to happen, but hopefully the public can sort of mobilize and be more aware of this and report it and call it out where it happens. Now, of course, now, for people listening to us who've heard of Corruption Watch the first time, I don't know where they've been if they've heard about Corruption Watch for the first time, but what does the organization do once you receive a whistleblower report? I mean, what is your plan of action after that? So our whistleblowers can report to us either uh, via our online platform at www.corruptionwatch.org.za or via our WhatsApp number, which is 012. Um, oh, excuse me, I've just forgotten it for a second. But um, what we do is uh, we do limited investigations. So where we have a lot of evidence, we're able to do an investigation. The majority of our reports, what we will do is liaise with the relevant government bodies to try and get a resolution. But most importantly, what we do with our report is analyze the trends of corruption and build public awareness campaigns around them. Um, and these are, these are, this is the bulk of our work. So we have campaigns around policing and healthcare because these, and mining that have been identified as hotspots of corruption. And this is really about mobilizing the public um, and making those links between the public and the people in power to try and push and advocate for change. Um, our WhatsApp number is 0720135569. Okay. And looking at uh, your, your sort of your corruption report on COVID, and this has come to light just very recently in government circles that government officials, fat salaries, uh, benefits, medical aid, pension funds, the whole Monty, still indulging in the temporary employer employee relief scheme and other schemes, all of them claiming 350 rand. That was disgusting, wasn't it? No, absolutely. You have um, the safety net that is supposed to be serving those who are extremely vulnerable and who've lost their jobs and, and have families to feed. Um, yet uh, we still have um, government officials, but also private sector companies are unduly benefiting from the TERS scheme. So, for example, you had um, companies that would uh, sign up their employees to receive the funding, but then they would never receive it. Um, so this is really showing us as well how not just government, but also private sector can be implicated in corruption that really directly affects uh, people who are in need. Good point. There's a paragraph here that I'm going to read from your CEO, Mr. David Lewis, and I think it's quite critical to your report. He says, an analogy um, has been drawn or often been drawn between wartime and the fight against COVID. In wartime, stealing the safety equipment and food of soldiers is regarded as treason and punished accordingly. So, too, in the war against COVID, said Lewis. Would you say that Corruption Watch would support any measures to have really harsh punishments for people who did indulge in corruption during COVID-19? I think there's sort of an emotional side to that statement, which is just uh, the world, the entire world is in an unprecedented situation of precarity and of lockdown and of just not knowing what is going to happen next. Um, and to, to take away resources from those who are essentially protecting us, such as our frontline workers um, and people who, who are, are, you know, the most destitute in society is particularly ang- uh, frustrating and, and makes people angry. Um, I think that South Africa has um, our uh, anti-corruption law has in it the, the correct punishment and the, 
the, the, the way in which we can go about actually bringing these people to justice. It just is a matter of the investigations being done, the political will to do so, and our criminal justice system seeing these through to the end. I think one of the examples is that um, there has been a lot of investigations into companies that have been um, price-fixing PPE um, and even food. So there is sort of that willpower, but we always have to, have to keep our finger on the pulse in terms of whether our criminal justice system is going to see these, these matters through to the end. And public pressure is very important in that regard. No, it surely is. Interesting things come out in the mining part of the report where you say uh, reports have dropped and you say that um, a lot of face-to-face consultation seems to have made a difference in the mining sector because the mining sector is where whole communities get affected. Yes, so the mining, the usual mining-related uh, activities that we do would be to go out into these sort of far-flung communities uh, and host in-person engagements. And that really has created sort of a, a connection between Corruption Watch sitting in Johannesburg and these mining communities out in the northwest province. And unfortunately, due to lockdown restrictions, we haven't been able to do uh, many of these in-person consultations. And I think that's why the number of reports has dropped today. However, there has still been um, engagement with various powers regarding um, the administration of mining royalties. Uh, and, and the activity hasn't stopped on our side. It's just um, an unfortunate <laughs> result of COVID-19 lockdown. Um, one of the interesting things that happened, though, is that uh, some of our community engagements actually moved to community radio stations. So we had colleagues of mine um, going on to community radio, sharing information, and then sort of having callers in and answering questions that communities might have had. You know, that certainly would have uh, worked like a charm. In fact, um uh, obviously, I'm speaking with a vested interest, but I think sometimes the power of community radio is is really uh, underestimated in terms of its reach to get to the grassroots. Yeah, that's definitely something that Corruption Watch um, takes seriously. We, I think we have a long-standing relationship with a lot of um, community radio stations. Oh, and you it do, is, yes. Uh, definitely a way to, to reach out to those that we can't necessarily see in person. Now, another aspect of the report, litigation, um, strategic litigation, because obviously one doesn't have millions of rands to throw at every single cause, but um, a success was the Political Party Funding Act, where a bit of pressure actually saw the law being affected. Definitely. I think since the Act has been discussed in Parliament, um, it's been a, a, a stress of a lot of civil society organizations that it hadn't yet been signed into law, um, especially with local government elections coming up this year. Um, transparency uh, in this sector would also align us with the African Union Convention on Combating Corruption. So it's also a, sort of a regional law that needs to be implemented. But it is definitely very important in terms of local government elections this year, as well as future national elections, for, for members of the public to know where exactly the funding of political parties is coming, is coming from. Um, it definitely enables people to make a much more informed decision and also um, can alert us to any potential for corruption happening there. Indeed. And when you look back um, on this year, I mean, I'm glad to see that Corruption Watch is, is still around, that you're still trying to do business as usual. But how has how have things changed? Because obviously the fourth industrial revolution landed on our doorstep about two weeks after the first lockdown. 
No, definitely. Um, I think things have changed in terms of a lot of stuff. We've had to be very creative um, in terms of reaching out to people. And thankfully, technology has helped us, but it can also be a hindrance to people who don't have access to technology. Um, but one of the ways in, in which technology has sort of uh, helped us this year was we actually launched our VESA online tool, uh, VESA.org.za. Um, so what we've done is we've developed an online platform where people can uh, view information about policing and their police stations, the resources they have, rate their police stations, report police corruption, but also nominate ethical cops. Um, because, you know, it's about changing a narrative that all police are, are bad. But that's just one example of how technology is going to hopefully help us, help us in the future and facilitate transparency and information sharing. Absolutely. Sabiha, um, I'm going to quickly just give out, so I've actually got your WhatsApp number here. Um, it's 72 Double five six nine. That is the WhatsApp line of Corruption Watch. So is corruption getting on your nerves and you want to report it? Uh, corruption Watch's uh, WhatsApp line zero seven two zero one three double five six nine. Their website three w's dot as always corruptionwatch.org.za as easy as that and if you want to monitor what's happening at your local cop shop or you want to nominate them for good work visa v-e-z-a dot org dot z-a it's as easy as that and you can be right on top of things Sabiha Motala, Campaigns Coordinator at Corruption Watch. Uh, Thanks a lot. Well done for 2020. Let's look forward to a productive 2021. Uh, Thank you. Here's hoping. (laughs) Pleasure. Hey.